when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I hope you're all doing well. I think of you often, and, um, you know, all my work is for you, so... I'm in this for you. Okay, well, let's get started by talking about, uh, well, you know, before we get started, there's something I have to tell you. This is the 50th episode of From Hostage to Hero. Woohoo! 50 episodes, baby. That's right. We're going to celebrate big time when we get to 100, but I can't believe, I mean, it kind of snuck up on me. I started counting. I was like, wait a minute, this is 50, 50 Thanks for being along with the ride. I've just been like so blessed by your comments and your reach outs and keep them coming because I love hearing it and I'm loving that this message is resonating. You know, when I started putting this out in the world, I I really was unsure of whether this was going to land or not. I mean, that didn't stop me. It never has before, (laughs) but I really felt like there was a need for some voice of sanity to say, stop this shit. You guys are selling your souls and and doing crazy ass stuff to win the hearts and minds of jurors. And you know what? You are enough. You are enough, just like you are. And then we're going to talk about that today. And when you come from that place, that's where real success lies. And that's where you can start to grow and change. We, we don't grow and change from beating ourselves up or frantically trying every new method. And, and so, so many of you have said it's been such a relief to listen to me talk about these things and to give yourself a break and to relax into your, um, your trial lawyerness and just be with it and be happy and, and try and succeed and fail and have it all be okay. So I'm so glad, so glad the message is resonating and I have absolutely no plans of letting up on shouting this message to the world, which is dual pronged, right? Mindset and skills. That's the way to victory, really getting your mind right and then equipping you with the skills to actually put it out there. So thank you, my friends. Thank you so much for helping me produce a a podcast and being that you're the listeners. There would be no one to produce it for if uh, I didn't have people, my fans like you who are out there and um, telling me that you're enjoying it and that it's making a difference. Thanks so much. All righty. So today we're talking about what's fueling you. I was listening to Brooke Castillo, one of my favorites. You know, I talk about her a lot. She is um, a life coach. She is the life coach school. She's a life coach that makes $25 million a year. She's that good and um, highly recommend her podcast, the Life Coach School podcast. And she's talking about the idea of where you are coming from has an effect on the result that you're getting. And so a couple podcast episodes ago, I was talking about that very thing where you're coming from a panicked place. For example, you're going to get panicked results. 
And so let's talk about this in terms of you as trial attorneys and the results that you're trying to get. So for example, many of you, most of you, all of you want to win. You want to win trial. And there might be various reasons why you want to win trial. I mean, one is to do right by your client. Um, But if we dig deeper, I think many of the reasons for your striving and trying for success and, you know, going to all the CLEs and reading all the books and doing all of this is to, for, for a variety of reasons that I don't think serve you. For example, to prove how good you are or to make sure that you prove to your bosses um, that that you're good and that they should keep you on and give you bigger cases or, you know, because you're frantically trying to pay your bills. You know, none of those things inherently are wrong or, or, or bad. And that's not what I'm trying to suggest. What I'd like you to consider, however, is, is what is the emotion behind what's fueling your passion or your need or your goals. For example, if the results that you're going after, what's the emotion behind it? I mean, for example, if it's, you know, to prove how good you are, that immediately, immediately to me says that there is a sense of lack. Or if it's to, you know, prove to your bosses that you're amazing and they should give you bigger cases and, and that's the place you're coming from. It's this kind of place of desperation. And, and if you are, you know, it's like, I got to pay my bills and that's why I'm doing this. It's, it's also a place of desperation and panicness and franticness. And what you have to recognize is that when you come from that place, those are the results that you will also create. I mean, let's take a look at the one of proving how good you are. I mean, once you prove how good you are, I mean, when does that end? When, when does that end? When do, when do you ever get to say, I'm now good? That's the problem with this is that so many of you go, well, if I just could win, you know, this amount of verdict or get the eight figure verdict or get this many verdicts. And I'm telling you, I've seen many of you achieve those things and it doesn't make a shit's worth of difference. You're still in this place of I'm not good enough. It's a lie, my friends, that you think if I get X amount of verdict, if I get X amount of verdicts, if I do this with my boss, I mean, do you really think if you get a great verdict that your bosses are going to pat you on the back and let you off the hook? Hell no, they're gonna want more of that shit. And you're gonna be like, damn it, I produced it once. What if I can't produce it again? right? And yeah, maybe one case is going to pay some of your bills, but then there's going to be more bills coming right behind that one. This is the problem when we start fueling our results or our goals from a place of lack. When we say, I want these things, not because of what it does for me or how it fulfills me or because, you know, of the, of the greater good, but because if I don't, these are all the things that I will lose. If I don't, then I'll never be able to believe I'm a great trial attorney. If I don't X, Y, Z, you know, I was just talking to my coach and her and I are going to be doing two sections in the upcoming Embrace Your Inner Badass seminar um, that NJA, Nevada Justice Association, is putting on in March. Women trial attorneys, I don't know if there's any more spots left, but at this point of this this recording, but come on out and see Randy McGinn, uh, Dorothy Clay Sims, B.B. Fell, um, who else? Dorothy Chang, Zoe Littlepage. I mean, if you're not there, there's something wrong with you because <laughs> this is a lineup with spot treatments. Hello and trial skills. You got to come. 
But my my coach and I are doing two sections. I mean, I'm doing more than that, but her and I together are doing two sections of this weekend in March. And we were talking about this. She's like telling me about the trial women. And I think this is true of trial men as well. And I said, well, here's the thing is they keep waiting. They keep thinking, I, I'll be great when, you know, I have the verdicts when I do this. And what they don't realize is it's not until they become great that they can actually have those things. And I don't mean become great. I mean, realize their greatness, accept and own their greatness is what's going to get them and you the results that you want. You're, what's fueling you has to come from a place of exciting emotion, of fulfilling emotion, of emotion that wraps you up in love. I know that just sounds ridiculously hokey, but what I'm suggesting is that when you come from that place and you now say, I want to prove how good I am, that's a completely different thing indeed because you get that verdict and then you go, hell yeah, I'm good. Let's go to number two. Or you go to number two and you lose and you go, well, fuck, that sucks. On to number three because I know how good I am. See, inherently, the I want to do this to prove how good I am is not the problem. It's what's fueling that. I want to prove to my bosses so they'll give me big cases. That's not the problem. It's what's fueling that. You know, I need to pay my bills. That's not the problem. I mean, I have no problem saying to you that I love money. I want to make a lot of money. I plan on making a lot of money. I have made a lot of money and I love money. But I didn't start making money until I got out of my sense of scarcity, until I got out of my sense of I've got to run myself ragged in order to make money. In fact, I stepped back. I started saying no. I raised my prices big time. And I have now more work than I know what to do with. It's so often the case that what needs to happen in order for us to realize our dreams is the exact opposite of what we think needs to happen. We think that we somehow need to have these things to prove to ourselves, really to ourselves. I was going to say and others, but it's to ourselves that we're great before we can be great. And that the question, that the, 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 the reality is, is that until you accept that you're great, evidence or not, you'll never be great. That's the whole backwards part of this. I mean, if you think about this in terms of like actual fuel, like food, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? I mean, if you're eating bad food and and drinking too much and and smoking, I mean, that's going to destroy your health. You've got to fuel your body in a way that makes it so that you have your optimal performance, whether you're running, exercising, or just being a trial attorney or consultant, right? The same thing goes here. You can't put in this negative fuel, I got to do this because if I don't, then uh, and expect some great result. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, the same thing goes for weight loss. A lot of you know I've been on a weight loss journey. I'm down over 30 pounds now. Thank you very much. And the other day I was writing in my journal and I was saying, I'm having so much fun. Okay, now I, I ask you, who the hell has fun weight, losing weight? Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm having a blast. Why? Because I am having so much fun taking opportunities to practice loving myself. 
fact, my my weight loss coach, Corinne Crowdtree, you know, I've heard, uh, I've mentioned her many times. She's the um, top-rated health podcast. It's free on iTunes if you want to go listen to her. She's amazing. Fit and Fat, P-H-I-T-P-H-A-T, losing 100 pounds with Fit and Fat. She says every time before she gets on the scale, and she's at her goal weight now, but even before when she was losing her weight, she would tell herself, this is an opportunity to practice loving myself. And you know, that's what I want for you. That's what I want. I would love it if before you walked into a trial or into a deposition or into a client meeting or to whatever is scaring the bejeebas out of you and say, this is an opportunity to practice loving myself. I tell you, if we had lawyers who love the hell out of themselves, not the fake arrogance we get that really comes from fear. You know, I got to push my personality on everybody because really deep down I'm scared shitless. No, actual self-love for themselves and others. Like I said a few episodes ago, <laughs> we would destroy the defense bar in under six months. Because when you guys really learn how to love yourselves and to practice loving yourself, even through failure, that's when you start to recognize it's not the outside stuff that you want. It's what you think the outside stuff is going to bring you because it's, it's a cycle that's un, unsustainable. When you're, when you're thinking about weight loss and the women that starve themselves down to their goal weight and beat themselves up every step of the way until they get there, they finally weigh whatever it is that they want to weigh. Are they happy? No, because they've treated themselves like shit all the way down. And I can guarantee you, you think that that verdict is going to bring you happiness. It's not. Not until you learn how to fuel your dreams and your results and your verdicts from a place of love, from a place of learning, from a place of, I want to go out there and do this because it's going to be fun. I want to see what I can what I can bring to this trial, even if I lose. I want to try a creative new way to do an opening because that makes my job more exciting. You get to choose. You get to choose how you show up in this world, how you show up in your career. And you get to choose how to fuel your dreams. And my, my worry is that you're fueling your dreams with, with negative energy, that you're fueling your results with negative emotion. And when you do that, you're pretty much guaranteeing, 100% guaranteeing that that result is also going to feel negative and be negative because you'll get that verdict and then you'll be like, well, probably just, I probably just got lucky or shit, I got to do this again. What if I don't do it again? What are people going to think? And that just starts the whole cycle. And I see it over and over again. I see so many of you win verdicts and go, yeah, but it should have been higher. I, I, you guys don't even know how to celebrate your success. Listen, listen, every opportunity that you have, take it to practice loving yourself. Take it to tell yourself that you're amazing and you're doing a good job. Look, I'm not, I'm not a Pollyanna. I'm not sitting here saying positive thinking is all you need. You know I'm skill heavy. You know that I'm in your face and talking to you about your issues and work that shit out. So I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's all about happy thoughts and flowers and, and bubbles and balloons. What I am saying is that we need a whole hell lot of self-love in this industry. We need to stop beating ourselves up and we sure as hell need to stop beating each other up because this work is hard. I mean, your job is harder than mine and I already see dead bodies, maimed people, brain injured victims 
And on top of that, I see my clients who haven't eaten, sleeping, slept. They haven't uh, had a marriage that's worked two or three times or missing their kids' graduations. They're starving themselves. They're eating too much. They're drinking too much. I, listen, this is hard. Let's not make it harder by fueling our results from a negative place. So I'm going to leave you with the idea that you should want to win. You should want good outcomes for your clients. You should want to prove how great you are. You should want all of those things. Those are all worthy, wonderful, amazing things. But what I want you to be thinking about is what are what is fueling those things? Is it coming from a place of because that would be so exciting, because that would really... Uh, help me realize my, my, my potential because that would allow me to do all these great things because that would really get a, a great um, outcome for my client and they'd be so happy. Or is it coming from, because if I don't, I'll get fired. Because if I don't, my client will you know, forever be lost and horrible and never make their way out or, or my colleagues will never take me seriously. Listen, it matters. It absolutely matters what place you're coming from. And you can choose where you're coming from. Go back a few podcast episodes and listen to that one on the saboteur. You can work the model on these thoughts and change and decide right now, like I have with my weight loss journey, that this can be fun, that this job can be fun, that this work can be fun and it can be exciting and and it can be full with love for yourself, for your clients maybe even for your opponents, have some compassion for their total and complete lack of morality. <laughs> How to get a jab in there uh, at defense attorneys. Um, they're people too, of course they are. So there's some compassion there. Just think about where and how that would change your experience, your day-to-day experience if you were coming from a place of fueling your dreams and your results from a place of love versus a place of lack. You are enough. You are enough, my friends. On this 50th episode, I want to say that it's the it's the dedication in my book is to all of you lawyers who've always felt that you are not enough. You are enough. So enough with thinking that you're not because you are. And I love you. And I'm getting a little mushy on my 50th episode, but I really do love, admire, and support all of you out there. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And here's to 50 more episodes. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.